Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. And on the Goodyear Hotline, Baseball Legends Week continues. Ryan Sandberg live today. The Green List is about the all-time great Robins. The Final Four has a distinctive Western feel. And are you ready for even more football? All that and more. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And there's only one place to start. And that is with the following sentence. Justin Fields is awesome. The man weighs 230 pounds and he ran a 4-4-4 40-yard dash yesterday. Just to make sure that is in context for you, only one quarterback has ever run faster than that at the Combine, and that was RG3. Now, to put that in perspective, Lamar Jackson didn't run at the Combine. Kyler Murray didn't run at the Combine. But neither one of those guys are both faster, probably, than Justin Fields. But neither one of them weighs what Justin Fields weighs. That is a big, strong, physically gifted man who you saw yesterday, if you're watching his pro day, fling it 65 yards on a dime while running to his left. So here are the words we say about Justin Fields today as we work our way towards the first round of the NFL draft. And five quarterbacks who will go in the first half of the first round. So let's keep it in perspective. None of them is falling. Regardless of what order they go in, they're not falling. If if we get past New England, if we get to the 16th pick in the first round and there is still a quarterback, one of those five on the board, then we'll say that guy has fallen. And I'm here to tell you, I would bet you my house that that does not happen. So Justin Fields is not falling, but he doesn't feel like a lock to be the second pick, which is what it felt like he was before this season began. And here's what can be said about him, I think comfortably, of the five quarterbacks who will go high in this draft. The most physically gifted is Justin Fields. That's inclusive of everyone. That's inclusive not only of Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. It is inclusive of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is the better prospect. Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. But Justin Fields is more gifted. And so, like is the case with all of these guys, the situation he winds up in is going to determine this. But look, the man is awesome. And I'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I have watched him play. I've probably seen just about every snap he's taken. I watch the Big Ten every single weekend. And every year there is a guy we overanalyze, and this year it seems to be him. I think it's because we are enamored of things that seem mysterious. Who is this Trey Lance? They created a one-game season for this guy at North Dakota State? Ooh, that's sexy. That's exciting. That's different. That's mysterious. I'm intrigued. Who is this Zach Wilson? I'd never heard his name in my entire life two months ago. Now, all of a sudden, the New York Jets have to take him, or they might as well disband their franchise. A handsome kid who just threw a ball that everyone got all excited about until they figured out everyone else in the league can throw that same pass. People become enamored of this stuff. Here's the dirty little secret. They can all do that. That pass that Zach Wilson threw and then Lewis Riddick showed you on Twitter, Sam Darnold doing the same thing in a game and then Justin Fields one-upping that yesterday. They can all do that. That isn't what makes Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Montana, or John Elway, or Johnny Unitas, or Sammy Baugh, or any quarterback in the history of the sport. That's not what makes them great. So should Fields be the fifth quarterback off the board? Should he be the second? Feels like the Jets aren't even considering that. Should they? Time will tell. Straight talk wireless, no contract. 
No compromise. Matt Miller will join me in just a few minutes with answers to all of these questions. He's an outstanding new draft analyst that we just hired here at ESPN, and I find him fascinating. But I'm going to bring in an early visit from the members of the Hashtag crew for today's question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The Hashtag crew is all up early here today, and let's just get a quick prediction. After Trevor Lawrence, put him out of the discussion. Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one in this draft. Hashtag Bubba, who many may not know, uh, for many years made his living as an NFL scout and, and in fact scouted several of the most successful players in NFL history, including Otto Graham. But hashtag Bubba, whose uh, career began in the 50s. Right. Uh, hashtag Bubba, if you were making this choice, after Trevor Lawrence, which quarterback would you select? You know, I've been watching a lot of tape recently. A lot of tape. And... Um... I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Okay, that's one vote for Justin Fields. Hashtag Devin, who lost both his hashtag and the D and the E in his name, but earned back the E with a good answer yesterday. Let's see if you can get all the way back to your full name. After Trevor Lawrence, which quarterback would you take second? I hate to do it, but I'm going to have to agree with Bubba. Justin Justin Fields. Fields. That's two vote for Fields. The New York Jets fan in me is getting a little bit uncomfortable. Is hashtag Nuno with us today, the producer of this outstanding program. Hashtag Nuno... If you were making the selection, who would be the second pick in this draft? It would be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. We have one vote for Wilson and two votes for Fields. Why was the O? Why did everyone yell like that? What what am I missing? That was a shocking pick. What just that what was shocking about that? That's what the Jets are going to do. I don't understand what who was why were you shocked by that, Bubba? Let's just say Nuno hasn't been watching the tape like I have. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that leaves one more, and that's hashtag Hembo who is my vice president in charge of analytics and many other things. If you were making the second pick in this draft, who would it be? It would be Justin Fields. Okay, so that's three votes for Justin Fields. And here's what I can tell you. 75% of the staff of this program think that Justin Fields should be the New York Jets pick at number two. 100% of the staff at the New York Jets does not agree. That's not what's going to happen here. The Jets, I think it is a foregone conclusion at this point, are going to take Zach Wilson, and we will see how it goes. That's where it begins today. In the meantime, Final Four is all set, and all the teams from west of the Mississippi, it's the first time in the history of the Final Four that all four teams come from west of the Mississippi. Gonzaga, UCLA, Houston, Baylor, the seeds that add up to 15. I have to say, all things considered, it's been a pretty good tournament. Considering what this year could have been, I think we can feel very fortunate that we got all these games. I don't know how into it you were. Some more than others, some more than usual, some less. Either way, the games are pretty good. The Michigan game last night was really good. I was rooting for them, for my buddy Jalen, and and for the conference, the Big Ten. But down they went in an upset. UCLA, how funny is life? UCLA, a week ago, was it, what what night did they play the first four games? It was a Thursday, right? Right. This year. So a week ago Thursday, They were down double digits in the second half to Michigan State and were about to go out of the tournament before it even really began. And now here they are in the Final Four. They're the second team to begin in the first four and make it to the Final Four. VCU some years ago were the others. And they had this kid, Johnny uh, Johnny Juzang, who scored 28 of their 51 points last night. That is the highest percentage of team points by any UCLA player in any NCAA tournament game. Think about that. Walton never did it. Al Sindor never did it. No one ever did it. No one ever scored that percentage of their points. Walton in the 73 championship game is the only other player to score 50% of UCLA's points. But Johnny Juzang last night almost single-handedly playing UCLA into the Final Four with an upset win over Michigan. And they will go up against Gonzaga. 
who becomes the 14th team ever to go in unbeaten. First time anyone's done it since Kentucky in 2015, and they are a prohibitive favorite. They're the first team to win each of their first four NCAA tournament games by 15 or more points since UConn in 2004. UConn won the championship that year, and Gonzaga will be heavily expected to do the same this year. So the final four is set. We have a ton to do. We've got baseball starting tomorrow. We'll get into that with Michael Kay coming up. We've got plenty to do on the draft. Matt Miller will join me next. The Green List is about Robbins, and I am delighted you are along for the ride. Just getting rolling. My name's Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Really busy morning working here. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, and we were going to give the Goodyear Hotline a workout here. My new draft analyst, Matt Miller, going to join me live in a second. My buddy, Michael Kay in New York, going to join me right after that. The legendary Ryan Sandberg is coming up later today. Delighted you're with me here. And right now, again, Matt's with me 30 seconds from now, but this message is from DraftKings. Baseball is back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. Download the DraftKings app now. Use my name, Greeny, as the code. You'll get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Round one of the NFL Draft, four weeks from tomorrow. Matt Miller, my new draft analyst, is with me here on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Matt Miller. It's good to talk to you, Greeny. It's been like 30 minutes. I missed you. Well, it's been too long. I mean, I I need more insight. And candidly, I need someone to hold my hand because here's I want to set the stage for you here, Matt. So I opened the show today by talking about how great Justin Fields was yesterday, how he set the world on fire with his 40 time. And I, I think it is it is pretty much just inarguable that he is the most physically gifted of the quarterbacks in this draft. Not not that that necessarily makes you the best, but that is it's something and so I went around the, the room here. I went to every member of my staff and asked, if you had the second pick in this draft, who would you take? Three of them said Justin Fields, and only one of them said Zach Wilson. So let me then come to you on that, Matt. I know your evaluations aren't complete, but at this moment, who would you take number two? Yeah, Green, I would take Justin Fields. And some of that is, you know, like to your point, and I know we talked about this this morning, is that he's just he is physically dominant. And I know a lot of people say, well, quarterback might be the one position where you don't have to be physically dominant, but wouldn't you rather have that? Like if, if everything were equal, wouldn't you rather have the guy who was 6'3", 230 pounds, ran a 4'4 in the 40 yard dash. And Oh, by the way, was 
I mean, even going back to high school, he was player 1B to Trevor Lawrence's 1A. And I know some recruiting sites even had it flipped where Justin Fields was ranked higher. He's been in the spotlight since he was a sophomore in high school. He's a great leader. And I look at actually, you know, watching the film and breaking it down, I think there's a misconception about what the Ohio State scheme asked him to do. He was number one in Power 5 last year in terms of air yards. That's how far you actually throw the football before it's caught. So it's not this scheme like we saw Dwayne Haskins where it's a lot of dink and dunk and, ooh, first read, let me just chuck it to it. I, I know that's a, a common criticism with Justin Fields is, well, he threw it to his first read. Well, Greeny, if your first read's open, you're supposed to throw it there. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not Justin Fields' fault that, that you know Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are really good receivers. So I, I look at him, and I, I feel like we're overthinking Justin Fields just like we've overthought a lot of really good quarterback prospects. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, we overthought those guys. Justin Herbert last year, we overthought him because we had almost seen too much of them. I think that's what's happening with Fields right now. And we're breaking moves here with my man, Matt Miller. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Here's the other thing with Justin Fields. We've seen him. We've watched his games. He plays at Ohio State. He's played in the playoff both of the last two years. He had the monster I mean, Of all of them, the best game any of them has ever played was the game he played against Clemson this year in the semifinals where he gets hit like crazy and he is incredibly hurt and he still yeah. throws six touchdowns in a very one-sided win so we've seen all of that Zach Wilson is this you know quarterback at BYU is this sort of exotic flavor that no one even knows what it is like, <laughs> none of the fans have seen him you've seen him you've obviously analyzed literally every throw and every move he's ever made so explain to me the rationale it, it certainly feels like he's going to be the two pick ahead of Fields. so so even though I know you wouldn't do it explain to me what the rationale is that is going to make it happen yeah, it, do, it does feel like he's going to be the number two pick. Even being at the BYU Pro Day Friday, that's what everyone's talking about. Is Yeah, the Jets are probably going to take him, and it's 90%, 95% leaning that way. I think what happens with Zach Wilson, if, if you and I were going to sit in a room, Greeny, and just watch film on quarterbacks, which we should do sometime, that'd be a blast, it, Zach Wilson would be the one we would have the most fun watching because it, it, it's crazy. It's, I've been calling it YOLO balls. He just he rolls out left. He rolls out right. He throws the ball off platform. He throws it off schedule. And he loves to throw the deep ball. So it is a lot of fun to watch him play the position. But I think what you have to almost step back and say is, okay, he does make some throws that no other quarterback in this class can make. He's the most natural thrower in this class, without a doubt. But you have to remember he was doing it against Texas State and North Alabama and San Diego State. And I'm sure those are fine football programs. But they're not LSU. They're not Michigan. They're not Clemson who we saw, like you said, Justin Fields carve up with six touchdowns. So with Zach Wilson, you can fall in love with some of the things he does that are not planned. And I think right now the NFL has always been a copycat league, but right now what everyone wants is the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Russell Wilson, you know, even the next Kyler Murray. I think people would fall over out of their chairs for just someone who can, when everything breaks down, they can make things happen on their own. Some of that is a product of the, the salary cap is putting a restriction on teams and their ability to build. So you need a quarterback who can who can score, not just stand in the pocket and throw throw bombs down the field. And I think with Zach Wilson, you see some of that. Ten touchdowns last year on the ground was really impressive. So it's not like he's an immobile guy. But I, I think right now what's happening is people are falling in love with what he does outside of the pocket as a thrower and not so much what we've seen him do, just processing defenses and making throws. Now, again, so that, that seems like the, the direction that the New York Jets are going to go in at number two, whether I think it's right, you think it's right, or, or others 
think that it's right. Matt Miller with me here on ESPN Radio. But by the way, Hembo just put together some comps for me. And this is just to give you a sense of just how gifted Justin Fields is. His 40 time is faster than Stefan Diggs. It's faster than <laughs> it's faster than Christian McCaffrey. If you put together his height, his weight, and his 40 time, the physical comparisons are to Adrian Peterson and Saquon Barkley. That's what Justin Fields is, but he's a quarterback for crying out loud. So, um, again, uh, Saquon Barkley and, and, and Adrian Peterson aren't quarterbacks. I get it. That doesn't necessarily equal being a great quarterback. But it, to your point, it sure would break a tie for me, and we'll see maybe it isn't a tie. Well, let's get to the next one here in this, uh, Matt, and, and that is Mac Jones, who a lot of people think before the season he started, no one thought he was going to be a first-round pick. He was like a fifth-round pick. And then he became a first-round pick as the season went on. And then he was a mid-round first-round pick. And all of a sudden, I find myself sitting here thinking he's going to go number three in this draft to San Francisco. Do you? Yeah, I feel that way. And what's what's crazy, over the summer, just getting ready for the season, I was like, should I watch Mac Jones? I was like, you know what? Bryce Young might beat him out. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to spend a a, summer time watching uh, Mac Jones because he might not be the quarterback. And and you're right. He has been – he he really just like a rocket taken off this year. And it does feel like the people I talk to, I know I've heard Adam Schefter say it as well. It, it really feels like there is a lot of buzz pointing Mac Jones to that number three pick. Now, maybe some of that is just because we saw, you know, the Niners front office, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan be at the pro day. Maybe we're putting too much credit to that, but it all signs I think right now point to Mac Jones being the number three pick, which would be, an incredible rise, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. He had an exceptional year. I don't want to take anything away from Mac Jones, but it is a little surprising given with the way the world is going with football. We just talked about the athleticism of Justin Fields and all these quarterbacks who are great in the NFL right now who can move and create on their own. And then you have Mac Jones, who, while not a terrible athlete, he's not a great athlete. And so I think that's where the confusion comes from of, man, where, where does this guy fit in with, with where the NFL is going? Well, that really is the question. Is that a – does that discount you? It's, uh, you know, it, it, does it eliminate the consideration? If a quarterback can't create other things besides drop back and fling it the way, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan and, and 95% of the quarterbacks, uh, successful ones in the history of the sport, have done it, are we now at a place where the price of admission is being able to do more than that if you're going to be a player that teams are going to select this high and the teams are going to want to try and build around? Yeah, that is, that's the hard part. And I think, you know, with Mac Jones, one of the, the conundrums is that it, from a scheme fit, Kyle Shanahan is the best possible scheme fit for him because of how much play action they have run in the past in San Francisco. But it goes back to the, is Kyle Shanahan content with what they've been doing or does he want to evolve his offense? Does he want to take it to the next level? You've watched a Patrick Mahomes beat you in the Super Bowl. You watched Josh Allen beat you last year. You've had to compete against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So would you rather have someone in that mold, or are you okay with your Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins-type quarterback who can carve teams up from the pocket? And once they trade from 12-3 to and throw those two future first-round picks in there, the other thing that we have to remember is that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are betting their jobs on getting this pick right because they've been there four years, and they've, they've got one Super Bowl appearance. They've got three losing seasons outside of that. They're betting their job on whomever they pick at number three overall. So there's a lot of pressure on getting that pick right, which could also push you a little bit more towards the Mac Jones, who is, you know, quote-unquote, more pro-ready. Yeah, and we'll see. I, I think we'll know 
Tell me if I've got this right. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. There are a few things that are going to be tells here. One of them involves the Jets. I'm not even sure we need that, which is to say if Sam Darnold gets traded before the draft, we'll know for sure they're going quarterback at number two. But I don't even think we need that, Matt, because I think we all know that already. With San Francisco, I think there's an interesting tell. If they trade Jimmy Garoppolo before the draft, which is to say we're all looking at New England, if they trade Garoppolo before the draft, does that suggest to you that they're taking Mac Jones? Because he, more than Trey Lance, for example, seems ready to step right in and be their starting quarterback week one. I absolutely agree. And I, I saw a report this morning that Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots are still you know, making calls about him, still maybe trying to get Jimmy back to New England, which makes a lot of sense. I'm with you all the way because if with Jimmy being there, you almost have the sense of, okay, well, they could draft one of these guys, you know, a Trey Lance or Justin Fields who maybe needs a little more time to develop. But if Jimmy Garoppolo's gone, it does. It feels like, okay, Mac Jones, who I've had scouts tell me he's the most pro-ready quarterback in the class, even ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So I I would think that it points that way. Like you said, we're going to have a lot of these tells, which it could make – the first hour of your night on April 29th a little boring or a little less exciting at least if we if we can start to piece together what this is going to look like. Right, it's going to be anything but boring. I, that much I can promise you. And Matt, I've, <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Uh, again, I said the other day, if you're interested in the draft, you need to be following Matt Miller on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. The stuff is fascinating to me as one who has sort of dived into this process way more than I ever have in any other year. This it's It is such an endlessly fascinating thing because we sit here and talk on shows like this. We're going to sit here and talk about the quarterbacks because, you know, I'm trying to appeal to the largest possible number of people. But, boy, you can die, and I have. You dive into the pass rushers in this draft, the receivers in this draft, the corners. I think we're going to have four cornerbacks that are going to go in the first round. So it's all really interesting. Matt, thank you, my friend, and we will talk soon. Sounds great, Greeny. Have a good day. Hey, take care. Again, he's very good. He does a really good job. And it has been really fascinating for me. Again, I, I've hosted general sports talk shows all of my career. You know, so, Hembo, I, for example, back in the day, I, I would never have gone beyond just the guys who were going to go at the beginning of the first round. Like, I would know where the quarterbacks were going to go, who they were. And then I'd know, like, the first 10, 12 picks. Because there was never any reason on a show like this one why we would get into that. It's it's why I'm not doing it, because I just don't assume that many people want to hear it. But when you start diving into it because you're hosting it, there are a million fascinating things. And so we'll continue our draft prep as we go. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. But right now, I insist we talk a little baseball. Brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The season starts tomorrow. There's a quadruple header on ESPN TV. Let's go a green light. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. Give me the green light. Let us give the green light to my longtime friend, Mr. Michael Kay, who hosts Afternoons on ESPN Radio in New York, who has been the voice of New York Yankees baseball for two generations, and who is, as described on this sheet of paper that was handed to me, a Fordham legend. Michael Kay is with me on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michael. Yeah, that sounds about right. How you doing, Greeny? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see that you're writing the intros now. <laughs> Maybe Rosenberg wrote it for you. I don't know. I doubt he did. Probably Don. It could be one way or the other. Yeah. You know I love listening to you guys and every right. single day, and I get most of my ideas from that. But, all right, let, let's dive into this. So Hembo, uh, you know my man, hashtag Hembo. He did a thing last week in which he talked about how there may not be any more pressure on anyone in the sport right now 
as this season begins. And there is on Aaron Boone for the simple reason that the New York Yankees are as significant a favorite. How did you phrase it, Hembo? As, as big a favorite? There's never been a clearer path for the Yankees to reach the World Series than this year. B- based upon what they are and what the rest of the American League is. When you hear that, Michael, what do you think and how would you describe the pressure that's on the team and maybe on the manager? See, I, I would agree that there's pressure on the organization, and the team always has pressure to win. When you put on the pinstripes, you're supposed to win a championship. They've been sitting on 27 since the end of 2009, so that's, a, that's an eternity for this organization. But I've said this before, and people disagree with me. I I think it would be so disingenuous of any front office to fire a manager who is in lockstep with the front office in terms of the analytics. So if it doesn't work out because Aaron Boone is pushing the buttons that the front office is suggesting that he pushes, and it's not that he's a puppet. He believes in those numbers. I just don't believe that the manager could be on the hook for this. It's got to be the whole organization. Something is not right. They're heavily, heavily analytic, and the bottom line is when you're heavily analytic, that works out over 162 games. I'm not quite sure it always plays to, to form in a short series, and that's why the Yankees have been good enough to win a championship the last three years, but they fall short because sometimes it just doesn't work in a short series, and I don't put that on Aaron Boone. I get it, and I don't either. Um, and sometimes those things get unfairly dropped on managers' laps, and sometimes they don't. Greeny and Michael Kate, well, let me ask you just because you brought it up. We've had a lot of conversations here the last few weeks about the impact that analytics have had on all the sports, on the NBA, where I think it's been a problem, on the NFL, where it's been great, and on baseball, where I know they have taken steps to try and combat it. We talked to Costas about it a couple of weeks ago. What are your thoughts? As you broadcast the games, Michael, and I, I know you well enough to know how much you love the game, what are your thoughts on the, the impact that analytics have had and are having on the sport? And what, if anything, you'd like to see done? Well, I see why the front offices do it. Because if you do analytics the right way, you are maximizing your ability to win games. And, and we've seen that proven out. But the GMs and, and the analytic guys in the side rooms, they don't care about the entertainment value or the aesthetics of the game. And right now, you know, those three logical out, outcomes, the walk, the home run, the strikeout, they're boring. You know, strikeouts, it's too much. It's like too much candy for a kid. There's no base running anymore. Uh, there, there's no fundamentals. There's no hitting the other way. There's no laying down bunts, moving runners. All of that's been taken out of the game. So you might be maximizing your potential to win games, but you are not maximizing the entertainment value, and you are losing fans. And I love the fact that Theo Epstein, who helped create this monster, has now been brought on by Major League Baseball to try to kill the monster because they've got to institute some things that takes the emphasis away from the home run, the strikeout, and the walk. And and strangely enough, uh, pitchers are so strong now, and everybody throws 100 miles an hour. You know, Araldus Chapman's not the outlier anymore. He's just another guy who throws 100 miles an hour. It's hard to hit. So even if they institute some changes, take away shifts, it's still hard to hit. And uh, Theo Epstein said in a story yesterday in The Athletic, they might have to move the pitcher's mound back one foot. And that would give the batter another tenth of a second. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that would take it back to about the level of 1990s velocity. There's so many things that have to be done. I don't know if we have enough time. And it's just ridiculous because if if you're going to pay players on launch angle and hitting home runs, there is absolutely no incentive whatsoever for them to hit against the shift. So don't blame the players. Blame the front office. That's exactly right. And and and. It is on the sport itself, on the leadership of the sport, to try and figure out solutions to this. And I agree with you, Theo is the right guy to do it. Michael Kay is with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Tomorrow we're going to do our over-unders on this show, Michael, so let me do a little cheating. If I tell you right now that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are both going to play between 140 and 150 games, how many games will the Yankees win this year? 103. 
Okay. That's less than I thought you would say. To be and very specific. And, and just, <laughs> that's true. It's both of those things. It is less than I thought you would say, and it's very specific. But, but really, think about it. What's the record? 116? It, it's yes. hard to do that. It just is. I've seen it. It's hard to do. So, um, you know, somebody's going to get injured other than those two. Those two are going to hit a lot of home runs if they stay healthy. That would be great if they could play over 140 games. But I don't think that puts them at the 110 mark, although – they're playing in the weakest league right now. The National League, I think, is stronger than the American League, and that's what Hembo thinks. There's a straight line for them to get to the World Series. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, the biggest competitors right now would be the White Sox. I think the Blue Jays still don't have enough starting pitching. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays don't don't sleep on them. Uh, the Astros are still pretty good. I think the A's are pretty good, and I still think the Indians are good as well as the Twins. But there's no great team in the American League except I think the Yankees if they stay healthy. So I'll give 103. All right, I like it. Michael K. will be listening this afternoon as always, and of course, looking forward to you calling all these games all this year as your your schedule now gets ridiculously busy as always. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you soon. Say hi to everybody. All right, be well. You, you say hello. To- too. Okay. Take care, Michael. It's Michael K. with me here. Uh, again, I've known him for years, and uh, he does a terrific job with the Yankee games and all that. And next time we have him on, I want to ask him. I was going to do my Tell Me a Story feature there, and I just ran short on time. Um, but I'd, I'd like to get a story or two, you know, just on, on, on doing these games. He's called these legendary moments, like the Jeter home run, the, the home run that he hit to hit his 3,000th hit and all that kind of stuff. We'll get to some stories of that. And again, Hembo, tomorrow we will do our over-unders. And I lean on Hembo. For those of you who don't know, I lean on Hembo for a lot of this insight, as do many people at ESPN, but I'm the one smart enough to bring him with me everywhere I go, literally everywhere. When I leave the building, I just, I just attach him to my hip. Um, he said 103. Would you go over or under the 103 number for the Yankees? I would go under, but... Under? The, well, because you're not... You, the way that you asked that question is if those two guys play that much. Right. If that happens, then I would go over that number, but... Those guys have not demonstrated that they've been able to stay healthy. Their over-under in Vegas is 96. I'd go over that number. Is the, Do- what, is the Dodgers the highest? The Dodgers is the highest ever. Which the, is? Stand by. The, the Dodgers number is... Is it, is it triple digits? It's 103 and a half. Oof. And if you look at all the times in which a team was over 100, every single one of them went under, but the Dodgers could win 115 games. Like that, they're that kind of good. Hmm. So you got the Dodgers on one side of the sport. you got the Yankees on the other side of the sport. You just mentioned the White Sox there who had the terrible injury, which is going to be a huge factor. There's a lot to play with here. Again, baseball season is back, and I, I for one, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Baseball season is always sort of a time of renewal. Like in the beginning of April, we get two things that I love. We get the start of the baseball season, and we get the Masters. And, and, and I, I want to get into it this year. Let's do that together here, all of us who are together on this show every day for two, two hours every day. I invite you to come along with me on this ride. Let's get into it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an interesting season. Um, And let's get into it together. We'll do plenty of it for you here as we roll along. We'll do Who You Got coming up. We have the legendary Ryan Sandberg still to come as well. Greeny with you. And right now, a word from ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is wild with all the trades and signings and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the upcoming season. And if you want to hire people that you're excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny on ESPN Radio. Coming up this morning with Greeny, Baseball Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg. As Baseball Legends Week continues, Ryan Sandberg, this morning with Greeny at 1130 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? You got, I got Bubba. Hashtag Bubba, our disheveled board operator with a wealth of life experience in a variety of different and diverse ways, uh, has put together a series of questions for me. They are generally binary propositions, and I will decide which one I've got. Good morning, Bubba. Yellow. <laughs> what is our first question for today? Sure. Let's start with this question. Urban Meyer, he told Peter King there's a 0% chance he returns to college. So who do you believe, Urban or everyone else who thinks he'll be back in college? Who you got? I don't think he'll be back in college. I actually believe huh. Urban. I, I, I don't. How, is he, how old is he, 58 I think that's right. 56. 56. He's younger than you think he is just because he's been such a big deal for such a long time. So I guess he does have time to have a full run. Let's say he's in Jacksonville, let's call it six years. Does that seem like a reasonable stay? It's more than most coaches. So that means you think he's going to be successful then. I do. I mean, he's got – yes, I think he's good. I think – look, you can say whatever you want about Urban. I've known Urban forever. You can say you don't like him. You can say he's got a lot of questionable things. In it. I get all that. None of it is wrong. But here's the one thing you can't say. That guy's a great coach. I mean, you can say that. that. Urban Meyer is a great football coach. Absolutely great. I think he's going to do great in Jacksonville. Now, it's hard to win in the NFL, and particularly hard, I think, to win there. But I think he's going to win. So do I think he will be a head coach again? You know, for the purposes of moving this along, I will say uh, uh, 
Bubba, that he will not, that this will be his last head coaching job. He will not go back to the NFL. What's next? Uh, I think uh, I think I'm taking the under on six years with the Jaguars, too. I, I got six years. Six years. I'll take the under on that. How about if you're the Falcons at number four? Are you keeping the pick or trading it away and stockpiling? I'm trading it away, trading it away, and I will tell you why. Because the value of that pick is a quarterback. Someone's coming up to get a quarterback there, and you don't need one. Unless you decide you're taking the quarterback of the future. I I thought Matt Ryan might wind up in San Francisco. That's obviously not going to happen now. Um, So if Ryan is still going to be there, I think the value is letting someone else come up there and take the quarterback that they want at number four and moving back. Because otherwise you're taking someone like Jamar Chase um, or Kyle Pitts, both of whom are going to be great players. But I'm here to tell you, all this draft prep I've been doing, there are so many good receivers in this draft. Second round, third round. There are going to be names you're going to learn, like Amon Ross St. Brown and Nico Collins and Tutu Atwell and Elijah Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr. There's a ton of guys. You do not have to take a receiver fourth overall to get a really good player in this draft. Uh, Plus, they have a bunch of receivers there anyway, so that might not be the direction they go. One way or another, the answer to your question is, if you're the Falcons, you trade back, you let someone else come up there and take the quarterback that they want. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba with who you got. What's next? All right, who has more pressure on them in 2021, Daniel Jones or Tua? Who you got? I'm going to say Daniel Jones. Um, I, I think there are higher expectations for Tua, assuming the Dolphins do take one of those really big receivers in this draft, which I think they will do. They position themselves there at six to do that. They're acting like a team that that thinks they're going to win a championship this year, and there's a lot of pressure on Tua to do that. But I think that Danny Dimes is playing for his career. I, I, don't, I don't think the rest of the league views Daniel Jones as someone they're excited to get if the Giants decide he's not their future. I think he's staring at Mitchell Trubisky's future if he has a bad year. And the owner has made it clear. I went out. I, I drafted you a running back high. I drafted a tackle high. I, I, I got the most expensive receiver on the free agent market. If this doesn't work, now I think it's the quarterback's fault. So I think that there is there is like – Profession, his professional mortality is on the line here for a guy who was the sixth pick in the draft in his third year. I mean, it's ludicrous, but that's the way football is today. So I think I will say Daniel Jones has more pressure on him, I think, than anyone except Carson Wentz. I think Wentz is one in the league, and Danny Jones, Daniel Jones is two. Bubba, what's next? All right, our friend Dan Orlovsky suggested the Eagles try to get Russell Wilson, but if you're Russell, would you add Philly to your list or would you rather stay in Seattle? Philly or Seattle, who you got? I would say if it's next year, let's wait and see what happens. Let's wait and see where they are. If it's this year, you definitely don't want to go to Philly. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm not interested in going to Philly if I'm going to be traded this offseason. Next offseason could be a different story. They treated back nicely, the Eagles did. I liked what they did last week with those deals. They're going to add some players. Let's see what the talent is. So if, it's, if the question you're asking is relative to this season, I'd rather be in Seattle. By next season, Philly might be a pretty interesting place to wind up. Give me at least one more, Bubba. Let's roll. Sure. Yesterday was rock and roll Hall of Famer Eric Clapton's 76th birthday, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Wow. Yardbirds, Cream, Blind Faith. What's your favorite song from Clapton? Who you got? Oh, boy, that's a great question. A lot of options. I'll say Wonderful Tonight. I love the song Wonderful Tonight. You, right, you know yeah. that song? Oh, that's a I beautiful song. Um, you know, he obviously, he's legendary for the for, for his, you know, much more like upbeat, fat, rocking kind of songs. But that's, that's a song I've always loved. It's a really pretty little ballad, a pretty little love song that I love. 
So I, I will say wonderful tonight. You got time for one more? Sure. 168 years ago yesterday, Vincent van Gogh, Vin, was born in the Netherlands. Who you got as Vin. your favorite painter? <laughs> Vin was born in the Netherlands. That's a hilarious sentence. I think van Gogh is my favorite painting oh, I, or nice. painter. If, if you go... If you go to the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, you will see a lot of his most famous work, including Starry Night and that really famous self-portrait. And and if you're interested in teaching your kids about art, um, that's a great way to do it. The, the expression in, in that and the face on that self-portrait, I remember saying to Stevie when Stevie was five or six years old, does that man look happy? And he says, no. And I said, that's a self-portrait. What does that tell you? It's a, a fascinating way to look at it for a man who obviously was as troubled as he was. So I'm actually going to say you have named number one. I think of all of, of the painters throughout the history, of, I would put him at the very top. Old Vin. Vin, Vin from the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan from the Cubs coming up. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.